It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. A fine pair brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. It is October 21st, 2022. I'm Shauna. Beckler is away today. He... He actually got surprised with a trip to Vancouver from his wife, McKenna. And it was hilarious because a couple of weeks ago, McKenna reached out to me and she goes, hey, I'm thinking of surprising Beckler on this trip because his buddies were going and he decided he didn't want to spend the money. And she was like, I just want to buy him the trip, but I, I kind of want to surprise him with it. And she goes, how do I go about doing this? So I was like, OK, well, I'm around those two days that he plans to be off. So that's step number one. And now I'll just reach out to the boss and see if it's cool that Beckler takes it off. And then just not tell Beckler about it. So we did that. The boss was cool with it. And then the next day, Beckler straight out point blank asks me on the air. He's like, McKenna is surprising me with something. Shauna, do you know what it is? And I had to play dumb and pretend I didn't. And I think I pulled it off pretty well. He said he didn't suspect. He said he thinks I'm a pretty good actor, which... And I take it as quite a compliment, but uh, he did not find out uh, until a few days ago. And so that is where he is right now in Vancouver for the first time. Uh, I'm hanging out here solo. The nice weather is finally gone. All of the trees uh, officially lost their leaves yesterday. It's always this time of year where there's one day when the wind picks up. And yesterday morning, I looked at the wind forecast. and I was like, Beckler, it's supposed to get up to 70K today. Those leaves are going to be gone. And now the trees definitely look quite bare. We're heading into winter. Here's the crazy thing. Do you realize that the ski hills open up in two weeks from now? Two weeks we can start going skiing. Uh, Lake Louise's opening date is slated for November 4th, which is exactly two weeks from today. Now, I know a lot of people might hate me for saying that, but don't worry. The, the nice weather can still remain in the city, and then just the mountains get the cold and the snow. I'm good with that, okay? But I'm... I'm damn excited. I have to be honest with you. I'm pretty excited for the snowboard season to kick off. So I'll be there. Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, Coming up on the show today, we have a super interesting etymology, one that I thought was really cool. Uh, Small Town News makes its return, uh, inspired by a ridiculous news headline that I saw over the last couple of days. We replay one of my favorite moments that I did to Beckler. Um, Yeah, I pulled a a prank on him. He wasn't overly happy about it, but I'm going to replay that for you. We talk about the Flames New Jerseys and how people feel about that. A couple more pun business names, ones to add to the Fortune 500 list. We talk about something you may have done growing up that involves knocking on people's doors and running away and how that came to be super weird, super weird. We really get into the nitty gritty of the best children's cartoon theme song of all time. Uh, but first, your out of context clip of the show. V and S in twenty minutes or less. Etymology with Shauna. So I got a couple of them for you today. First of all, a friend of the show, Melissa, she was asking where the word sabotage comes from. And I was like, I don't think we've done that one before. So uh, this actually comes from back when the textile loom was invented. So when that happened, it caused a lot of workers back in that time from the textile factories to lose their jobs because now things were you know, mechanical, so they didn't need them anymore. So to show their anger or dissatisfaction with losing their jobs, these workers threw their wooden shoes into the looms to break them. So that they, again, would have work, right? They wanted to show that they were angry, so they throw these wooden shoes into the looms. Here's the thing. The shoes were called sabots. Those wooden shoes were called sabots. So the workers that threw those shoes into the machine were called saboteurs. 
So that's where that comes from, is sabotage from throwing your sabots into the looms and ruining it. That's how sabotage came to be. Super fascinating. Uh, This is another one. I stumbled across the word peninsula. I was thinking, I was like, peninsula is a weird word. And if you don't know the actual description, it's a landform that extends from the mainland and is surrounded mostly by water, but not entirely, right? Well, the word peninsula is from Latin, where pen means almost and insula means island. So peninsula literally translates to almost an island. And this is funny because in French, the word peninsula is presqu'île, which literally translates to half island. The German word for peninsula is halbinsel, which also means half island. Same goes for the Japanese and the Chinese translations. So peninsula literally just means almost an island or half island in other languages. So there you go. Some nerds speak for you. You're welcome. Etymology with Shauna. The BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. So Beckler and I have recently started this new segment that we call Small Town News. And it's just that, okay? It was inspired by a news article that I read recently. And I forget what town it was from, but they just talked about how the maintenance worker had retired. And instead of saying, you know, first and last name, they just said, yes, Jerry retired. And that was kind of the top news of the uh well of the month in this small town so this kind of inspires us to do our own small town news today's small town newscast is actually inspired by the town of beaver lodge alberta where the top news story was that a cat has been found that was uh, the news of the month essentially so that's how we'll kick it off here let's get into our small town news Good evening. A cat has been found. It is not Bernadette's, so if you have lost your puss, call the town office or knock on Mayor Johnson's door as the cat is currently in his care. Harry found what appeared to be the shape of Jesus in his beer foam. Pastor John says it is a town blessing. And little Olivia was seen riding around on the retired sheriff's motorcycle. She's only 18 and he is old enough to be her grandfather. Anyone with information on how to score a date with a much younger woman is asked to call Terry. This has been your small town news. The BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. Part of the show, Fred messaged us and he said, Shauna, what is the goat of cartoon theme songs? And he said, you might have to do eras because there were so many of them. But he said, what prompted this was him and his son Keon were watching a show recently and they've determined what they think is the best theme song. So, damn, the goat, the greatest children's cartoon theme song of all time. Like, if you go back to the 60s, I mean, I don't know if you get much better than this one. Right? I mean, even the Pink Panther theme song, right? Like, this is iconic. And it's kind of been used as almost a meme and sampled in so many different ways. It's just classic. Everybody knows what it is. But if you go beyond that, and also we're not talking the greatest children's cartoon of all time. That's a very different discussion. We're talking theme songs here. Here's one that came to mind immediately for me. One of my personal favorites, the Goof Troop theme song. Do you remember this? I mean, that might be my personal top pick. That one, or maybe this one here. Yeah. We got some work to do now. 
I mean, can you get much better than that? The Scooby-Doo theme song? Now, this is the show that Fred and Keon were watching, and he says this is their argument for the best one, and I also might have to agree with this, too. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckworth. Oh. Ready for it? Oh. Yeah, I'm. I mean, you can't not sing along to that song if you're too young to know that show. Well, I'm sorry, okay? I know that it's been redone, though, so you need to go back and watch yourself some damn DuckTales. BNS in 20 minutes or less. A couple more still, and a few people upset that I did not mention this one, but the Flintstones. Yeah, I mean, that one is iconic, but is it the best? I don't know. I mean, Flintstones, again, an iconic cartoon itself, but the theme song never really stuck with me as much. Uh, Somebody did mention, though, Darkwing Duck. And I have to be honest, that was another phenomenal theme song. I was a huge fan of the Darkwing Duck theme song. Someone else mentioned a show called Super Chicken. Said, I'm 64. This one is from the 60s for sure, Super Chicken. But he said, look it up, Super Chicken. I'm doing it right now. When you find yourself in danger, when you're threatened by a stranger, when it looks like you will take a licking, <laughs> there is someone waiting who oh, my. can rescue you. Just call for Super Chicken. Okay. I mean, I could see why that one would be very catchy as well. Uh, I didn't watch Super Chicken, so maybe that's why I'm like, huh? Okay, a little bit more of this along. Afraid you'll have to overlook it. Besides, you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. He will drink his super Okay, that's catchy. And he will bring them in alive and kicking. <laughs> there was one thing you should learn when there was no one else who turned to Super Chicken. Super Chicken! Okay, I might have to look into Super Chicken. Watch a little bit of that cartoon. Bit strange. VNS in 20 minutes or less. So every year at this time of year, I get a very specific request to recall something that happened. Uh, man, this would have been four or five years now. And basically, when Becca and I come in here, obviously it's dark and kind of spooky in the morning. The lights are normally off. So the one morning I decided that it would be hilarious, or so I thought, to scare the crap out of Beckler before he came in. I always get here a little bit earlier than him. So I was like, what if I just kept the lights off and then I hid And then I tried to scare him. And his response was one of the funniest responses ever, especially because my boo was pretty weak. Like, I kind of just yelled boo, which you will soon hear. Uh, And then he screamed bloody murder, basically. And he was very unhappy with me also. Like, it took him, I think, most of the show to get over it as well. I actually recently thought about doing this again. I was like, it's been a while since I've scared Beckler, but then thought better of it because... Like, if I'm close enough to him, he may actually punch me in reflex. So I haven't done it yet. But um, yes, this time of year comes around and I get numerous requests to replay the Beckler scare scream. So uh, here it is. Okay, for those of you, for your viewing. But it is that time of year. Okay, so this is what happened when I tried to scare Beckler one morning in the studio here. Okay, just one more time. You know, even if I did try again, I would never get that same response ever again. Like, that is textbook. BNS in 20 minutes or less. Did you ever play Nikki Nikki Nine Doors growing up? I don't know if you know what that is. If you don't, well, uh, you missed out, but not really. It was very strange. You'd run up to a house, you ring the doorbell or you knock, and then you run away. That was all it was. 
looking back, really stupid, really dumb. And we used to do that. I did grow up in the suburbs, though. Uh, so this is what we did to to kill time. Needless to say, I was trying to figure out, I was like, where did the term Nikki Nikki Nine Door come from? Like, what's the story behind that? And uh, I looked into it, and it's super weird. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole here. But uh, this comes from Cornwall, England. And it used to be called Nickinen Night. And that used to happen the Monday prior to Shrove Tuesday. It was known as Nickinen Night. And the corner celebrated this. And youth would basically partake in minor mischief. That's how they describe it. Normally, it included minor acts of vandalism. And this was this is part of the tradition, is that the youth would be released and would be like, okay, go vandalize, go have fun. And then you'd eat pea soup and salt bacon. Also a super weird tradition. Like, really? Pea soup and bacon? Very odd. Anyway... There's a lot of resemblance of Nick and Night to Halloween as well. Uh, just a really weird Halloween. Like, instead of going trick-or-treating, it was common to go trigging, where you'd gather shellfish, like mussels, and something called winkles. I don't even know what that is, but that was known as going trigging. So, not nearly as fun as going trick-or-treating where you get candy, needless to say, but still. Uh, there was also a custom called the Jack-O-Lent. Sound familiar? But it wasn't a jack-o'-lantern. You don't carve pumpkins. A jack-o'-lent consisted of parading this straw figure dressed like Guy Fox down the street. And then people would throw things at the straw figure. And then they would burn him on a bonfire. Uh, on top of that, instead of going to a house and saying trick-or-treat, you'd walk up to a house and say this poem. Give me a pancake now, 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 or I will souse in your door with a row-tow-tow. So that's also really weird. You you demand pancakes, and if you don't give them, then I guess you you vandalize the house. I don't I don't even know what to make of this. Although I guess when you think about it, our traditions can be a bit strange looking back as well. So I don't just weird. Like you go digging for mussels, you burn a straw man, you eat pea soup, salt bacon, and demand pancakes, and then you vandalize your neighbors. It's very weird. BNS in 20 minutes or less. The Flames' new reverse retro jersey design was released a couple of days ago. You probably saw it. Uh, people are not happy, which always comes with new jersey designs. Nobody likes change. This is what I've gathered, especially hockey fans. Um, I have to be honest with you, though. I kind of like it. Like my boyfriend was recently talking about how he thinks the Flames jerseys are one of the weakest jerseys in the league. That was his words, not mine. Uh, I I disagree with this. I also wouldn't say that they're one of the nicest jerseys. I think they're kind of middle of the pack, maybe a little higher than middle. But uh, for me, I mean, one of the big things is just the combination of colors. And I mean, perhaps it's because they're the same colors as my high school colors were growing up and... As you may or may not know, I went to a rough Brampton high school. So maybe it just reminds me of knife fights and high school drama. But it's funny. I, I just told my boyfriend, I said, I think what the Flames should do is do a black jersey with a white C. And then still, of course, have the accents of red and yellow, too. But uh, that's exactly what these reverse retro jerseys are. It's black. It has a white C. The C is actually raised. And then they have the highlights of the other colors. Uh, they call that the pedestal design, by the way, with that that raised kind of 3DC. So there you go. Uh, but there is one part of it that not a huge fan of, and I think a lot of people don't like, and it's there's this big, thick stripe of white, black, yellow, and red kind of up the middle of the jersey. Looks almost like a half girl guide sash off kind of the belly of the jersey. And, and that part is the one that I'm like, eh, 
I don't know how I feel about that yet, but I'm giving it a few days because I do find these jerseys tend to grow on me. It's hilarious, though. Beckler and I, we always laugh about how hockey fans who normally could care less about fashion, okay, will all of a sudden become friggin' Giorgio Armani when it comes to their critique of the new jerseys. Like, Terry all of a sudden goes from, hey, bud, going for a dart, watch my beer, to, well, the crest of the jersey reflects badly against the piping, and the silhouette doesn't complement the ensemble of my jeans and my beer gut. Like, Terry, is, is that you? You are right over there, or? BNS in 20 minutes or less. I have a couple pun business names, if I could, to add to the Fortune 500 list. Of course, this is the list of local businesses with good puns in their names. So if you have one to submit, we're always open to suggestions, so please let us know. Uh, this first one was submitted by a friend of the show, actually, yesterday. Fetching Fido. And it's a dog groomer. So get it because fetching because dogs can fetch, but also a good-looking person can be fetching. You look fetching, right? And you're grooming your dog, so you'll after the grooming have a fetching dog. Okay, you get it. Uh, the next one, and I pass this place quite often. It's a breakfast place called Broken Yoke, but it's Bro apostrophe Kin Yoke, and the reason is is because it was started by two brothers or bros so Jeff and Gil Carlos and they say they picked the name because they're bros who like to treat their customers like kin or like family so bro kin and then they specialize in eggs of course thus the yolk so broken yolk there we go you know you I always feel like we're getting to the end of all the pun business names in this city I'm like we have we have to get to the bottom of the list at some point but no they just keep coming they just keep coming and I love it BNS in 20 minutes or less. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? Well, this was inspired by an article that was floating around recently about how Cookie Monster's real name is Sydney. Cookie Monster's real name is Sid. And when you hear these things, you're just like, what? Like, why, why would his name be Sid? And it kind of takes away some of that magic of Sesame Street when you hear that. But it got me reading about different cartoons and fictional characters and what their real names are. So Barbie's real name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. Ken, of course, Barbie and Ken. So the Ken doll's real name, Kenneth Sean Carson. Yeah, Barbie and Ken just roll off the tongue a little bit better than Barbara Millicent Roberts. Also Millicent. Old name. Name that you don't hear much of anymore. Uh, and then I was reading about how Captain Crunch's real name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. It's a bit of a handful as well. Shaggy's real name is Norville Rogers. Why does everyone have a super nerdy sounding name? Does anybody else realize this? Uh, Goofy's real name was apparently George Jeef. What? Why is George... Anyway, uh, we're not going to ask questions here. We're just going to continue on. Um, the Wizard of Oz. Now, this is stupid, but the Wizard of Oz's real name is Oscar Zoroster Fadry, Isaac Norman, Hanky Emanuel, Ambrosia Diggs. I'm not even joking. Why, why would that even... Who wrote that down as what his name was actually supposed to be? That's absolutely ridiculous. One more time. Oscar Zoroster Fadry, Isaac Norman, Hanky Emanuel... Now I'm just saying syllables. I can't even... That is outrageous. I'm glad we stuck with the Wizard of Oz because I don't think the Wizard of Oscar Zoroster, Frederick, Isaac Norman, Henkel, Emmanuel, Ambrosia Diggs would actually fly. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. Want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast 
podcast and have BNS in 20 minutes or less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.